Thank you for listening to this Podcast One production. Now available on Apple Podcasts, Podcast One, Spotify, and anywhere else you get your podcasts. There's no losing, only learning. I have the responsibility to make sure that you guys are well represented. There's no failure, only opportunities. Anytime you see me, you can say, oye, ese tipo tiene su pasado. And there's no problems, only solutions. Pero mira lo que está haciendo con su vida. He took it from a negative to a positive, and that's what's representing us now. This is from negative to positive. So you already know what it is, that little chico pit bull, Mr. 305, better said Mr. Worldwide, checking in with Jenny V and White Shadow hey. and the legendary DJ Laz. God, he know. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so this right here is from a negative to positive, and it is a true honor, true pleasure, history in the making right here, folks, reporting live from the 305, straight to the ATS, shouting with the king of crunk. Himself, Lil John, Lil Jis. Hey. Okay. <laughs> you like that or what? That was pretty good, right? <laughs> no. Alright, let's try again then. It was bad. Okay. <laughs> yeah, that was horrible. That was horrible. Oh, yeah, that was horrible. Okay. <laughs> well f- give me one, man. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Yeah. He won. You're never going to beat that. That's like boxing with God, right? Right? You're never, yeah, yeah. You're never going to win. You're never going to win. Oh, man. Little John, what they do, what they don't, what it is, what it ain't. Hey, man. Blessings to everybody. What up, White Shadow? It's been a minute. Brother? I ain't seen you in a minute. I know, what up, Laz? What, what up, up young lady? I don't know your name, but hey, Shouty. You know Jenny, Jenny man. You, Jenny. Know, you know me. Jenny from the, the most bad when she's the one that drunk you on the oh, table with that Don Julio. I can't see the damn screen. I hate this Zoom Damn <laughs> Can't see your ass. Uh, oh, there you are. Hey. Hey, hey Jenny. <laughs> now he's like, okay. Yeah, so what's going on, man? Man, I'm just here, man, and just learning new technologies and really diving into these beats. I'm working on Sweetie's album right now. So, yeah, me and my son producing together. So God bless. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah that's dope. That's dope. Yes, sir. You got any deer in that backyard? You look like you're in the woods right now. A bit. Oh, yeah, it's a lot of deer. <laughs> like, it's big bucks and shit. Yeah, big bucks, you know, them like seven foot tall, six foot tall. <laughs> hey, but we brought you on for one. Thank you so much for taking the time, man. We appreciate it and checking in. But this is basically all about letting the world know how we've taken our lives from negatives to positives and all the things that we've been through in the game and how people never believed in us, never gave us opportunity. And we basically just fought for everything that we have. And, you know, for me to have you on the show, especially everything that you've done for, for me and my career and the doors you've opened and what you've taught me, you know, John's the one that taught me how to basically put together f***ing records. I didn't know what I was doing. I was just rapping. <laughs> He's the one that taught me how to uh, put re- records together. And, and, and actually he was playing, you know, last was just playing I Don't Give a f-. And I know when we did the, the remix to that, you allowed me to jump on it and I put it out here in Miami and that record basically... <laughs> Changed my my life and the track 18 on Kings of Crunk, which I got to tell him the story about that, John. Go right ahead. Oh, sir. man, let me tell you. I, I run into John. I'm walking out of this place called, uh, it wasn't Fat Tuesday's other one, Wet Willies. So I'm walking out in, in an old school um, booty shaking bass Danny producer, D. Danny D, introduces me to Little Jizzle. And John, since I'm not from Atlanta, it's hard to catch the twang sometimes. And he's like, I don't know what you're saying on that record. Shout it, but you're slamming over here. And I was like, what the f***? <laughs> we were talking about, you got to tell them, the record was Oye. Yeah, the record was I, I Oye. I was in Miami at the time, and Oye was, I heard Oye on the radio, was banging on the radio. 
And at that time for me, also like being in Miami, walking down the street, a lot, a lot of Cubans would come up to me like, yo, man, we love your shit. We yep. love your shit. A lot of, a lot of Latinos just in general would come up to me just like, yo, we love your shit. And I was like, man, I need to have some Latino representation on this album. And so it's crazily ironic. Like I said, I was, I heard Oye a lot. And then just running into Pitt on the street, that's destiny. That yeah. was supposed yeah. to happen. Uh, yes, sir. We're talking about Ocean Drive where you don't, you, you might have 10 friends on that street and not never see them yep. at one time. And Especially so at that time, yeah. Run into each other and meet. And I was like, come by the studio. Like, Right away. But yeah, you know, I, mean, I, I thought came I came by that day or the next day. The next day noon, he said, be at the studio over there, Audio Vision, which is where, you know, Disco Rick is at. So I'm yeah. calling Disco off rip. Hey, the little John in there uh, recording for real. He's like, yeah, man, he's supposed to be here at this time. Okay, cool. So I got there at 11. He got there at noon. I thought he was bullshit. You know, a lot of people give you opportunity. They're going, yeah, yeah, come through tomorrow. Come through tomorrow. I got you. I'm like, ah, oh, it's going to be some <laughs> I got there. <laughs> I got there and John was like, put on the beat. He's like, what you think about this? Which is track 18 off the Kings of Crunk. And I heard that sh- man, gave me about 15 minutes, wrote up a rhyme. I spit the rhyme, no hook, no nothing. Well, I spit the verse. And, and John's like, that's cool. I'm going to use that right there. I'm not, now I'm thinking, nah, this is really some bullshit. <laughs> and sure enough, man, he put it on the album and that, that, changed my life and really opened the doors for me for the music business at an, at the next level, you know, because it was Luke, Diaz Brothers, Laz, and then Little John. So I appreciate that. And I learned a lot off that record. I'm going to tell you why. Right after that record, number 19 is Get Low, hmm. right? And I'm like, what the f*** is this garbage, right? <laughs> Six months later, I'm in the club talking about from the window to the wall. It is. Yeah, so it, it showed me that I didn't know what I was talking about, and that's how I learned how to, you know, certain records with John, man. John always thinking out the box. <laughs> yeah. So as man, far as you yeah, working on always. on uh, on Sweetie album right now, because she's the one that kind of brought all the beats back at this point, huh? I mean, she's really, she's done Salt Shaker. She's done... Uh, I think it's Blow the Whistle. Blow the Whistle. Yeah. And of course, she did Freak a League, so that's three Lil John productions. So it was, it's like only a matter of time before we got together and did some. So uh, she recorded one already. I got she's going to be recording another one this week, and then we're just going to be writing a bunch more. And uh, it's really crazy to me right now because without coronavirus, my son wouldn't be home like this, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, and we wouldn't be. Like in the studio together. Like he injured, he went to, he graduated from NYU uh, this year. Congrats, boy. So he did the virtual graduation crap. (laughs) Uh, He went through the the Clive Davis program. Wow. So, which is another amazing thing. Um, And like I said, without coronavirus, we probably wouldn't be home together like this. So we started producing together. And one of the tracks that Sweetie picked is one of the ones that we, we did together, so it's like I remember when he was a he was in his in his mom's belly kicking when I would be doing beats, and then I remember when he was a little baby, couldn't even walk, and he'll crawl into the back studio room and hit on the NPC pads, and now <laughs> we're producing together. Crazy. So it's like amazing and so full beautiful. circle. Come full circle, yeah. And, and, yo, yo, does and, he think you're cool? Does your son think you're cool? Uh, he he didn't used to, <laughs> but now it's like he can come to me and ask me like, 
Your dad has got a Grammy. You know what I mean? Your dad has got all these awards. Your dad has produced hundreds of records. Your dad has worked with all of these artists. So he's now he knows he can ask me stuff. And then in working in a studio with me, like me and like Pitt and like White Shadow, we have a different mindset of working in a studio. We going to stay in that studio and push push through whatever right. and get mm-hmm. as much done as possible. So he's learning that drive. Like he don't have that. Like he'll just do a couple things and be like, all right, I'm going <laughs> You know what I mean? So fucking around with me, he'd be in there about to pass out from being <laughs> tired because I'm like, no, we got to get one more done. Or, yeah. you know, look, come on. I, I just got a second win. Let's just, let's just try this idea. You know, so that's one thing that I love the most is he's picking up all of this knowledge. Like what Pitt was just talking about. Knowledge is the key. Right. Passing the knowledge yes, on. Sir. What's you know, been the I biggest advice? Knowledge, I'm, pa- I'm passing it to him. It's What's safe? been the biggest advice that you've given him? The biggest stuff right now is just teaching him to drive. Because I remember, I remember we used to always say, you can't get ahead by just working nine to five. You got to work from eight to midnight to two, three in the morning. You know Sleep what I mean? Like, you, can't, yeah. you just can't go home after work. You know what I mean? You got to work hard. You got to work longer and harder than anyone else to achieve the goal. So just giving him that drive and just showing him, like, you just, if you want it, you got to go for it. And you, and you can't take any opportunity for granted. Mm. You know, so yeah. like when, when Sweetie's people called and they wanted some shit and I was like, we got to get this done. We got to, no matter what, it's an opera. I, I kept telling them this is an opportunity, you know, and while people are with you, you got to seize that moment. Yeah, right. Because they can move on to somebody else. So that's that's I guess all of that is the, the biggest stuff. I right feel there. you, man. The harder you work, the luckier you get. That's what I try to tell all all the jits, especially in this day and age when it's all about instant gratification and shit is happening. Exactly. You know, now, 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 now. But another thing, John, I remember when we when we were at Circle House and you ran into. That's another thing that that I've learned a lot from John. Me and John used to love the and leak records. Throw it out there. We'll deal with it later. And, and Jenny, just so you know what it is, the leak of record means you put it out there without people's permission, they can come back and sue you. So John's the one, <laughs> John's the one that taught me, he's like, hey, man, if it's a big record and you get sued, that means it's a fucking hit record. So, which we, we went through a lot of those, uh, some of them together and some of them we watched each other and what we went through. But I remember one that I think is, I, I would love the public to know about the story on how Freaker Leak was actually, the right. beat from Freaker Leak was actually, yeah. Yeah. before and then you had to remake the beat for yeah which you did yeah. and we all know what kind of record that is that'll Ooh. never that I mean that shit, that shit should be on that fucking car that elon musk sent to mars so they can hear that <laughs> shit. that's gonna be playing forever right right and how you went back to the label and told them with the new yeah beat not freakily because pd pablo stayed with the freakily beat and you right. went to the label with yeah and they said Fuck no this shit ain't gonna work yeah. and then what did, what did you do after that john so let's, let me tell you a little bit more of the story, yeah. which is I, as I think about it these days and like now, I'm like, what made me do that? So when the call, came, I remember L.A. Reid calling. He was in Miami. He called me and J.D. and was like, what the fuck is going on? It's, yeah, I'm hearing the yeah beat on the radio. How the fuck is it on the radio? That's because they had released the P.D. Pablo and somebody on the radio in Miami was using it as a talk over bed. They were um, talking over the bait. So we had to go back in the studio. So in my mindset, I, I called and tried to get P.D. to just like, let me just get you another beat. 
And they like, nah, we keeping this beat. <laughs> so in my mindset, I'm like, Petey Pablo ain't gonna do that shit ain't gonna do nothing. So I was like, just take all the music off, and I'm gonna just play some new music over the top of the beat. So we played new synthesizer and like something else over it. And real and so honestly, it is the same beat with different music. Right. And I don't think anybody else has gotten away with that in the entire industry. Like two records out at the same time with the exact same drums, but just different music. I don't know anybody. That's pretty genius. Hell yeah, yeah. yeah. That's, that's what I thought when I saw you playing. Bum, 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 bum. And then that's the part that I told you I learned from John when they told him, nah, we don't, we don't like it. It ain't going to make the album or something like that. And you just said, right. well, fuck it. at that time is when it first started to go digital. I remember you just pressing enter. He said, watch this, Chigo. <laughs> he pressed so, enter, went out to 1,500 DJs. Wow. And- yeah, what happened with that was, like, I was talking to Jermaine, right? And the label were like, we want to put out Burn first. No, Burn is the single. Usher's mom, Burn, Burn, Burn is the single. <laughs> so I talked to JD, and he was like, man, just put, just leak that shit. I was like, all right. <laughs> <laughs> Don't tell me twice. Uh, <laughs> so the first DJ to get the record, I, I was in New York. I gave it to K Slade. Uh, K Slade was the first DJ to get it. But K was like, I, I can't really play it on my show because my shit grimy. So he gave it to Sonny. Sonny was on at like 10 in the morning on Hot 97. So Sonny was the first DJ to play yeah wow. on the radio oh. and hot 97 was the first station to like go in on it. Right. So yeah, I, I leaked it out to all these other stations, but hot 97 was the first one to go in. And so when all of these stations started to play it, the label was like, <laughs> no, nah, we can't have this. We don't want this as a single. So they sent out what they call cease and desist letters. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> you have to stop playing this song. You like, they sent this to all these radio stations. Hot 97 was like, man, get the fuck out of here. This is a smash. Y'all tripping. Fuck y'all. We ain't stopping playing shit. And I just found out recently, because uh, K-Slay was telling the story about this, uh, and Sonny was telling the story, and they said uh, the PD took the cease and desist letter and framed it. Uh, right. Put wow. it in her office. Insane. So crazy, but yeah, that's the power of the people. You know, the yep. people People's are the right. ones that dictate to you what's good and what's not. You like, can't stop the hit. Thought, yeah. You know, some shit is garbage, but the people is like, nah, this is a smash. We love this song. You know, John, this song. I, I got a question for you. In this day and age now that we're living in, you know, you say you've been at the crib for five months. Something good came out of it. You've been blessed to be able to do music yes. with your son and, you know, take that and, you know, turn a negative situation into a positive situation. Yes. But you've also been doing live DJ sets on Saturday yes. night on LilJohn.com live or LilJohnLive.com. Yo, yes. how is that going? It looks well, like it's, it's amazing. crazy. Because I had totally new technology. Like, I didn't know anything about live streaming. I didn't know anything about video capture that you got to do. And I had to learn everything. And I totally immersed myself in that world. And I I know that's like the back of my hand now. So, yeah, we've been doing it since 
April, I think we did the first set. Um, and, and yeah, and I figured out that you have to be consistent. So I figured out what's the best day for me. So I was Saturdays. So Saturdays, 10 p.m. LilJohnLive.com. I DJ for three hours. Wow. Damn. Uh, I think I have the best show on the internet in the sense of my vibe is Southern is, is a DJ from a Southern DJ standpoint. So a lot of Southern hip hop Atlanta and my visuals are out of, out of the world, out of this world. Like it's crazy. Like a lot of green screen that we recorded and put into the set people's videos. We take a lot of time and, and putting it together, but yeah, it's, it's, it's great, man. The reception is amazing. I've got people that basically come back every Saturday for the show. People hit me up all the time. Like, man, I can't wait for this week's show or you got me through this or you got me through this yeah. or that. And it actually got me through some hard days. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Because of when, when, when the George Floyd stuff really hit and it started to impact us all, it helped me and a lot of people to be able to have a release in all of this negative climate and this sorrow and sadness and unknown, you know, so it helped to give, give, give an outlet. So I'm happy to be there for people every Saturday and to give them some good music. And yeah, it's, it's a great time, but I literally, like I said, had to learn all of this stuff from scratch that I had no idea of any knowledge about at all. And, it was a it was a rough kind of learning curve, but we figured it all out and we dialed it in, and it's it's a great show. Well, that, that's what it's about, right? Negative to positive, yeah. but more than anything, reinventing yourself, pivoting. That's what we've always done. That's why we've always found a way to survive in the game, and especially in this right. day and age, is uh, survival of the fittest. Let's just say, right. which is it reminds me of another story because I think you're one of the only people to have a record go number one with no video ever shot on yeah. that. And that record, we all know which one it is, which is Lovers and Friends. Yeah. You know, I, yeah. I think y'all should just get together and shoot a video anyway. Yeah. <laughs> well, <laughs> we y'all look talking about that. Yeah. We definitely, we had a lot of conversations about that. So that that's potentially. It was the anniversary of that not too long ago, wasn't it? Uh, what, Lovers and Friends? Like, yeah. Maybe that, like last year. Yeah, like a 10-year remember. anniversary. Well, I don't know. You dropped another one with Luda and, and Usher. And I heard you playing one of those DJ sets that was off the chain, too. So Yeah, that one, and that's the power of the internet. That was a record that he had been sitting on for two years. And uh, I was getting ready to do the versus battle. And like a couple days before the battle, I heard T-Pain play. Well, I saw on his Instagram, he had previewed a new Chris Brown record. And I was like, well, damn, he going to probably play that in the battle. So I was <laughs> like, yo, like T-Pain going to play this new Chris Brown. You can't have me looking crazy, bro. We need to, I need to have one to play. And so I played the record. And I didn't just play it. I broke the record. Like, it's a difference. Like, yeah, yeah. DJs nowadays don't know how to break a record. Like, you, you give them a tease, then you start it over. You give them a tease, start it over. You keep hyping it up, basically. Yeah. So I broke the record during the uh, versus battle. And in the comments, people were going fucking crazy. They were like, yo, drop this. What What the fuck? Y'all been sitting on this for this long? Like, wait, we need this. And it, I've never had a, a record deal with three major artists. Uh, be turned around so quickly. They got the deal done in three days, and we mm. had it out by the next weekend. Oh, yes, sir. Well, congrats on that, man. And, and with that said, Lil Jizzle, what is it that you got coming up now? Like, let's say swinging out of this quarantine, because it has been, for folks that are very creative, let's say a, a blessing in disguise, right? Because even with you DJing, I'm sure you're getting inspired 
on, on yeah. being on the, and listening to certain things and going, ooh, I'd love to flip this. Ooh, I can't wait to get at this. So yeah. coming out of the, the quarantine, what are you looking at? I said, what, what's the new hustle, the new grind? Is the streaming something you're still going to be messing with or you feel that that's something just it's a novelty right now? Well, I'm working on a pretty big deal for the for the DJ sets. I don't really want to speak on mm. who it's going to be with. but yeah. So that would be like a year deal. So I probably would have to be doing it for a year. But it's cool because with the technology, I can also record the show mm-hmm. like and broadcast it later. Uh, but, but really, like for me, man, I kind of wanted to eventually move away from doing so many live DJ sets on the road and being back producing. So the quarantine, negative to positive, yes, basically did it for me. I didn't have to Win-win. slowly stop DJing and get into production. It was like, DJing is over with <laughs> and just do some damn beats, you know? So, and like I said, I'm doing it with my son. So I'm giving his, that him this knowledge and we're making the money together. So, uh, I think after this, yeah, it's, it's going to be a lot more little John production, you know, cause I want yeah. to, we look forward to that. Yeah. yeah, yeah. You know, so a lot more producing and, and then, and then still DJing live sets here and there, but it'll be number one for me to be producing again. Yo, can I say something real yeah, quick? Yeah. Like, so just from a producer standpoint, obviously I'm not a scale of little John, but I, and I look up to John for so Get many the f- out of here. Come on, 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 come on. Your m- Shut up. Shut up. Shut up. Let, let's take this, take this. I will tell you this. I've watched John, like, uh, you know, as a D, he started off as a DJ, right? Yep. Like that was your, yep. that was your, your cornerstone. Go into being widely accepted as one of the biggest producers of all time. For real, yeah. for real. Uh, and you take, say, whatever you so, want. You are. You're an icon. You're an icon but, in so, so many ways. So I think it's DJ A&R, right? Right. Yeah. A&R, okay. A producer, right? Yeah. And then I remember seeing you right here in Miami at Art Basel playing a room. You got back into DJ. Right? Am I am I am I saying this? Oh, uh, right? I know what you're talking about. You know what I'm talking, talking about. about. <laughs> I walked into uh, Josh a, Wagner's party. That's right? right. That's right. I walked into a room at Art Basel and John's DJ. I'm like, what the f- is this f- doing DJing right now? Right? He's, you, he's over there DJing, kicking it. Yo, flash forward like five years later, this f- is a Hakkasan in Vegas, like standing, like getting shot out of a rocket with this. F- <laughs> <laughs> it's like, it's like <laughs> John is a constant innovator, a changer, yep. like a like he's a f-ing nerd in the best way humanly possible. He'll, he'll sit you're there right. And, no, I am a nerd. Yeah, you're totally correct. He will sit why. there and learn something to the ten. Yes. like work yeah. all day and all night. And I really admire about that that about you, bro. It's like taught me a lot as a producer and as a as just a person in the game is an outlier from you. Like just to watch you do stuff. So I would say like. As someone that Pitt said was coming on here, and something I appreciate about you too, brother. Like you're constantly, you. like this has been inspirational for me for a number of reasons. But to have a chance to sit here and talk to you because I really feel like you are one of those people that does turn something, nothing into something on a consistent basis because of the hard work that you put in on things, mm-hmm. man. Yes, sir. I remember Jizzle. Remember when you took me on? Uh, you took me on on a tour with uh, Eminem and Fifty Cent, yeah. the Anger Management tour. Yeah, man, crazy. <laughs> so John would bring on the whole, the, you know, the ghetto speakers that we would basically use in the block party. <laughs> <laughs> and, yeah. and, and at that time, the hottest thing was, was 50. At that time, yep. 50 G-Unit, and obviously Eminem, he right. would forever be, yeah, my soul's 50. But, 
So I'm, I'm very blessed to be on this tour. I had about maybe like 45 seconds or a minute and a half on stage that he allowed me to, to spit a rhyme mm. or a verse. So he'd bring out these big-ass speakers, and all the G-Unit would come to the to the room yeah. and get loose with John, and John would have them yeah. drinking and going crazy. Some of them got so f***ed up they couldn't hit the stage sometimes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and we used to barbecue, too. Yeah, like, yeah. That's what a tour is supposed to be. Yeah, it's like yeah. everybody get along, everybody with each other it's like yeah the g-unit guys we would be barbecuing like we had a grill on the bus so whenever we get to a city we'd just be grilling and they'll come by and hang out and and like Pitt said i had this crazy speaker set up for my dressing room like when you go on tour sometimes people have a tv and video games (laughs) and all that we had these speakers and 50 and m used to be like i hear your all the way in my room. Like, so we used to be rocking so hard. And yeah, everybody used to come f- with everybody, man. It was good times. And I was blessed to be able to go on a tour like that. I mean, that's Eminem. Yeah. yeah 50 Cent. Yeah, it was great. And the other big part about that tour was Eminem ended the show with me. Mm. He would bring me on stage and be like, Yo, John, are we finished? Yeah. What? Are we finished? What? Are we finished? <laughs> yeah. All right, let's go then. Okay. And that's how we ended every show on the tour. Shit. So that is crazy. Like, he he stabbed me like that. Right. You know what I mean? So Then he jumped on that Lean Back remix, if I'm not mistaken. It was after that, right? Yeah. yeah. So yeah. You, I want to just say this oh. real quick, the negative and the positive thing, because that's, like, one of the things I go by every day mm. uh, in life is that no matter how – I always say this, no matter how negative something is, you can always pull positive out of it. I guess that's us Capricorns. Yes, sir. The same way. <laughs> but uh, that's, that's just how I live my life. No matter how f***ed up the situation is, it's always some positive you can pull from that. And if everybody out there that can hear my voice and see our faces and so on and so forth goes by that, You'll, you'll always be able to come out of whatever you're going through and, and move forward in a mm. positive way. Oh, man. Well, with that said, that couldn't have brought this <laughs> to a closer even better, man. I want to say, Lil Jizzle, as always, man, I appreciate you. I love you. I'm always proud of you. And like Paul was talking about the way you just hustle and grind and always find a way to make it happen and always have inspired me and taught me a lot of the hustle and the grind and how to move and maneuver. So I appreciate that. And from White Shadow, myself, Jenny V., DJ Laz from the MIA 305 to the ATS, shouting. We appreciate you. From a negative hey. to positive, baby. Hey, Chico. Yeah. Before we let him go, can we do a shot real quick? You want to do a shot? Let's do a shot real quick. I think we should do a shot. Oh, yeah, right. Hey, to the King of Crunk, Lil John hey. from the MIA to the ATL, baby. We appreciate hey. you. And this is how you take a negative to, to a positive. Tell your Chico Pitbull, Mr. 305, but I said Mr. Worldwide. You already know what it is. This is how you take your life from a negative to a positive. You can watch the vodcast on YouTube. Subscribe today. Apple Podcast, Podcast One, Spotify. Next week on From Negative to Positive, you know, Luther Campbell, who's he's the one, the, the first one to give me my first opportunity in the game. I signed my first contract with him. And matter of fact, I can't wait to talk about that because the first check he gave me, got to the bank, gave the check. And it said insufficient funds. (laughs) (laughs) Listen to my new podcast from negative to positive. Subscribe today on Apple Podcasts, Podcast One, Spotify. Dale! Get the word.